What's up, everybody? It is Thursday, July 21st at 1.40. This is Billy Ray. I am in Rhode Island, and welcome to the Sons of Saturday podcast, where we have a fantastic episode for you today. We will be interviewing Whip Babcock, the athletic director of the Virginia Tech Hokies. He has done an incredible job with the athletic department. We are going to be asking him about conference realignment, uh, some of the improvements coming to game day experience, the facilities, um, and a what's a good word to use here? And a bevy of other topics, a multitude of topics. Pick your word, SAT word. I just gave you two of them. Uh, first and foremost, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy is your one-stop shop for prescription medication, over-the-counter medication, Sons of Saturday, campus-only gear, and basically anything else that you would need for your bathroom, for your kitchen, for whatever. Support local. It's all about supporting local. It's all about giving back to people in the community who care about the community. Jeremy Counts has that in spades. A couple of quick headlines for you before we jump into it. The MLB draft was this week, and Virginia Tech was featured all throughout that event. Gavin Cross went ninth overall to the Royals. Tanner Schobel, 68th to the Twins. Nick Morabito is going to play for the New York Metropolitans. May not recognize that name. He was Virginia Tech's top recruit. He went to Gonzaga High School, committed to Tech, but the 75th pick slot value is $873,300. So, seems like a pretty good decision. So, best of luck to Nick Morbido. He is likely to forego his college career and play for the Mets. Further than that, Nick Bittison was 135th to the Dodgers, Kate Hunter, 153rd to the Reds, and then Graham Firaved. Rounded it out at the 467th pick, headed to play for the Orioles. Billy Ray, what about the All-Star game? I'll tell you about the All-Star game. Joe Mantiply, who was the 27th, who was a 27th round pick in 2013 from Virginia Tech. He is currently with the Diamondbacks after playing for three different organizations, getting Tommy John surgery, and he was signed as a minor league free agent in January of 2020. Well, he made his all-star debut. He's having a fantastic season this year, and he actually had a nine-pitch, one-two-three inning in the sixth inning for the all-star game. So give it up for Joe Mantiply. What an amazing, amazing job and a great great story. Let's move on to Triumph. Triumph has announced that they just signed four new athletes from football. This is the NIL Collective. Dax Hallfield, Caleb Smith, Daywan Lofton, and Malachi Thomas all inked their deals with Triumph. So shout out to Triumph and those four athletes. They also announced Triumph. This is a merger with Hot Route Marketing. Hot Route Marketing is founded by Kelly Woolwine, who will now serve as the CEO of Triumph. Quick on Kelly Woolwine, he's the founder of Hot Rights Route Sports Marketing. He is the current CEO and co-founder of Evolution HR, a staffing, recruiting, and placement consulting company. And he is also the owner of Frontier Consulting. He currently works as a leadership HR and operational consultant. One last aside, and we're going to cover all the headlines that come out of this. We had a couple of questions for Wit regarding quotes that came from Jim Phillips at ACC kickoff, but we will cover that in depth, not just from the Virginia Tech side, but all of the ACC teams for you. Uh, Currently, Caleb Smith, Silas Zanzi, and Dax Hollifield, no surprises there, are the athletes that made the trip to Charlotte. So 
That rounds out all of our updates for what's going on, Merry Round Merriman. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to our athletic director, Whit Babcock. Be sure you check out the awesome work that is going on the website, and stay tuned. We will be interviewing Packy Naughton here. I believe that'll drop within the next week, current pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. But anyway, let's kick it off with the 555 and pass it over to Virginia Tech athletic director, Whit Babcock. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 20th, 1130 in the morning. I'm looking out here in Rhode Island. Pat is in North Carolina. Grayson is in Los Angeles again. And we have a very, very special guest today. Uh, we welcome on Mr. Whit Babcock. He is the athletic director of Virginia Tech. He joined Virginia Tech following a few years at Cincinnati and five years at the University of Missouri, where he served as the executive associate director of athletics. His background in fundraising, marketing, promotions, ticket sales, licensing, and multimedia partnerships were key attributes in support of his hiring. He, he cited three guiding principles for his vision for the athletic department's future, commitment to comprehensive excellence, centering the department's focus on the student-athlete experience, and engaging the community. Want to talk about recognition? He has received national recognition for his work at Virginia Tech in June 2020 at the stadium, named him a top 10 athletic director in the country during the 2017 and 18 academic year. It was named one of the four FBS recipients for the Under Armour AD of the Year. And the year before that, he was one of five finalists for the AD of the Year, an honor handed out by Sports Business Journal and Sports Business Daily. Wit, welcome to the show. So glad to, uh, to see you today. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's nice to be on with Hokies and I love the work you do. So it's a big day for me. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Well, we'll jump right into it. And in this first section, I want to talk a little bit about how you operate and how you run your athletic department. And this is probably a topic that we have covered a bunch of times through inference and guessing and people have asked about, and I would love to hear how it works for you. So speaking just about this spring semester, um, we look at the success that softball had with uh, Coach Pete Demore. We look at baseball with Coach Chef. He was hired in 2017, Demore in 2018, and then Coach Young in 2019. So Pete McGee asked, uh, he said that you have made several great culture fit hires that have contributed to the increasing success on the field and the court. What criteria, what interview tactics what is your approach when you are interviewing a new coach for a different uh, for one of the programs at Virginia Tech? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, we, we usually start with traits that we want to see in the next coach. Um, we don't talk names. Um, it's usually traits that we're looking for. Um, you know, and the some are pretty obvious. You know, proven winner, ability to recruit this part of the country. Um, fit at Virginia Tech, you know, but there may be times that we need somebody to rebuild, maintain, um, et cetera. So we usually start with traits. We usually operate in a pretty small circle. Um, the bigger your search group is, the more leaks and, and leaks certainly hurt because um, it can disrupt your search. It can scare off your candidates. 
your fan base um, uh, is kind of up in arms. So we like to operate confidentially that way. You know, Virginia Tech is a wonderful place to recruit coaches to. You know, we our budget is now in the top four or five of the ACC. We're competitive in that regard, and I don't have to sell any of you um, on the positives of living in, in, in Blacksburg. Um, you know, so, so we go about it differently. Some searches, you know, when it's football and basketball, you move so fast. Um, I can't think of too many industries out there. Let's say football coach, six years whatever it is, $28, $26 million. And you do three Zoom calls and they never come to campus, you know. So football and basketball, a lot of times is speed dating. On the Olympic sports, you can be a little more thorough. You can do more background with people you know. Um, But you work with agents. You work with people you've worked with in the past. And it's really about who are those trusted people that you can go to um, and find out who these coaches are as much as you can. But, yes, we've had some success. We've missed on a couple, um, you know, that happens over time, but uh, really pleased with them. And then it's a whole department of 275 people that are surrounding each of the teams and working hard every day to make them successful. So searches are stressful, um, but probably the most important part of the job. Everything starts with your coaches. So going off of Pete's question with, as you and your staff went through the interview process how did Coach Brent Pry separate himself from the rest of the interview pool for the new head football coach of Virginia Tech? Yeah, you know, when we were uh, first putting names on paper, um, you know, you may start with 12 or so and, and narrow it down based on some things. But um, he was on it from the beginning. I did not know him. I knew of the Penn State defensive coordinator. I knew how good he was. But he wasn't known as a guy that was, you know, all lobby team at the convention and always looking for a head coaching job. So um, I was curious about that. Um, And then as we did background and fit is an overused term, but he certainly has shown and did in the interview that he appreciates what this place did for him and how special it is. Right. That sense of place at Virginia Tech. We thought the defensive mindset would be a good one to, to bring back. Uh, granted, we got to score points, but um, he really did elevate above it, you know, and it, the best question he answered, best two questions he answered were among many were about recruiting, right? A lot of times a first time head coach doesn't have the network of assistant coaches uh, of all of that. They hire their buddies and, you know, they only get, you know, three, four or five years to figure it out. But I really liked how he laid out who his staff would be, and then the recruiting machine at Penn State, which has been beating us in the state of Virginia, um, even by interviewing him, I was planning on borrowing and stealing that. Because um, usually when you interview coaches, they give you your best stuff. But he just hit every mark um, and uh, beat the rest of the field. Time will tell, but we certainly feel good about the direction. So this question came from Riley Wyatt. Um, she asks, what are some of the programs across the country that you admire and that could serve as a good North Star blueprint for the success we see at Virginia Tech? And furthermore, when I was doing some research, uh, I came across an article um, that you actually traveled to Michigan State to do some work uh, or some collaboration with uh, Mark Hollis. So I'm curious if there is any uh, athletic directors or programs that you really model yourself after really um, – look up to or collaborate with? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't see Virginia tech as taking a backseat to anybody period, but having said that certainly there are programs that you admire or aspire to. Um, 
That's a really good question. ADs, we do collaborate. We also compete against each other, but there's probably five or six in the ACC that I, I share the most with. I guess, um, you know, uh, I'm sure I'll offend somebody or miss somebody. Florida comes to mind. Obviously, they didn't have the football season that they um, expect, but they're always strong in football and across the board, and um, they go at it well, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Um, but I learned from a guy named Mike Alden uh, the most out at the University of Missouri. We were in the Big 12 and the SEC, and so I guess I probably patterned most of my stuff after him. But uh, try to take the other's best ideas, be friends, be cordial, and then uh, we know we got to try and beat each other too. So now we're going to move into a segment called Looking Forward. You know, As we <laughs> look ahead, uh, we're going to start with facilities. A lot of folks are asking about facilities, and this can serve as a two-pronged question. Um, you know, People are asking about upgrades that are planned for facilities across sports at Virginia Tech, but want to start out with Castle Coliseum. You know, back in April 2021, Tech unveiled the $75 million upgrade to Castle Coliseum. Wanted to know what the latest updates are uh, with the plans for Castle. Sure. Um, And that project will certainly be or likely be more expensive now with inflation and such. But um, we're working hard on getting a a lead gift or two, right? You, You take any gift you can get. Excuse me. But if we can get a, a 20 to $25 million commitment, then you you work down from that. And we've gotten the engineering drawings. We got the concepts. Um, soon we will move next into design, which is really what it will look like. But you guys saw were conceptual. And then that's when you get your real pricing. Um, but man, I'd like to have the, the money raised in, in a couple of years. And then it will probably take two years to renovated, especially if we continue to play home games in there and balance that. But the thing about Castle, we want to keep it uniquely Castle, right? It is a tough place for teams to come play. It's uniquely Virginia Tech. Uh, So we want to modernize it, but keep the best of um, Castle Coliseum. And it was built in the early 60s. Um, So that one's a little obvious when when you're looking around. Um, And facilities are important, right? It's not the only thing. But the reason we worked to build the, the residence hall with the nice suites uh, was to be a point of differentiation for our student athletes. The reason we built the performance and nutrition center for 20 million, that's something a lot of people don't have. Um, so we want nice facilities. I think whenever you have them, it shows a commitment that, hey, this sport is important here. It's the same reason the engineering building has a big old Boeing jet engine hanging from the ceiling, right? People, when they walk in that building, they want to know that it's important at Virginia Tech. So I don't believe they have to be gold-plated, but they certainly need to show commitment and give our coaches a chance to recruit, um, et cetera. Castle holds four sports, um, so that would knock a lot out. But we're always working on football stuff. Uh, would like to do some improvements to the soccer stadium, um, softball, tennis. Uh, it, it never really stops, but we always check on football. Football locker room will get redone. Uh, Most of our funds in football have been spent on recruiting and staffing infrastructure. Um, I feel like our facilities are in a pretty good spot in football, but you can't stand pat too long. My next question would be, uh, we talked about facilities. Now, what about fan experience? Uh, Hookie Andrew wrote in asking about uh, plans to improve stadium access or um, seating arrangements. Just curious what that looks like as we head into the fall. Yeah, I'll start with the one I get the most. The Wi-Fi should be better, but we're still 
not there. That is a large expense for trying to work with the university and also, um, you know, potentially utilize 5G in that way because we can't get it where we want it, where it's like Disney, where you have a preloaded wristband, you click in, you, you, you do all of that. So the Wi-Fi we know um, is a big deal, a very big deal, not only for fan experience, but for the way we do business. It should have some boost, but it's still not uh, where we want. We have met extensively on doing better um, with gate entry and security. Uh, lots of excuses last year, but excuses don't cut it. And uh, we had some trouble, as you know, with the student gates and getting people in. So we love the rowdy atmosphere on the inside. We've got to do a little better with that. And then we always spend um, significant money on maintenance reserve, the stadium. We've redone a lot of the bathrooms offering more concession items, fan-friendly pricing, things like that. But I do think our marketing team puts on a good show in game. Obviously, there's nothing like Inner Sandman, the skydivers, the fireworks. Um, and we also like to try to build other events around a football game so it becomes a weekend of events, whether it's you know a baseball uh, scrimmage, a concert, other things. So I think you'll see us doing more throughout the weekend and uh, trying to give people even more reason to come back to Blacksburg. So Bryce Chalkley asks, following the announcement of the new ACC scheduling, it feels like now is a good time to ask about some of your favorite rivalries. If okay. you could pick any school out of conference to play each and every year in football, what school would you choose and why? Oh, man. <clears throat> That's a good one. Maybe Hawaii. That might not be too bad. What do you think? We go out there. Um, you know, I think great rivalries – also are fairly close geographically, I guess. You know, I, I wouldn't mind uh, West Virginia, Tennessee, or, or South Carolina. Those, those three, I think, would be fun and drivable for our fans. Um, you know, I've worked at six schools, so, you know, there's also teams I like to compete against. You know, when I was at Auburn, it was Alabama, you know, so I'd always like to beat Alabama. That's a little tough. Um, when I was at West Virginia, it was Pitt, so I'd like to beat them and compete against them. Uh, Missouri, it was Kansas, Cincinnati, it was Xavier. Um, so yeah, you have rivalries at all the schools, but I'd say, you know, uh, other than Hawaii, probably Tennessee, South Carolina, West Virginia, I'd like to see that. Well, first of all, yeah, we're all down to play Hawaii. We just, if, if you could hook us up with a press pass, if you could hook us up with a press pass and a, uh, and a flight over there, we'll make yeah, sure. That we yeah, cover it. yeah, exactly. Uh, that one to be pretty good. Yes. <laughs> uh, I wanted to take a second and uh, recognize the success that you and your team have seen uh, with Drive for 25. Um, I, from talking to different people in that department, I know how hard they worked on that. Um, and to be honest, when I was going to games, I thought, hey, I'm going to be 80 years old coming to these games and it's still going to say Drive for 25 on the 30-yard line. <laughs> so for you all to see that through and get that done, that's an incredible accomplishment. I just wanted to give you a second to kind of brag on your department and then also talk about where we're headed next past uh, driver 25. Yeah, I, I, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll brag on them for sure. But bragging on our donors and alumni, I mean, it doesn't take long when you're at Virginia Tech to know that this fan base that they show up, you know, during uh, hurricanes, they show up when you're winning and losing, although we have got to win. Um, it is an incredibly special fan base that cares. And when you point them in the right direction, they, they want to help. So it's a uniquely Virginia Tech thing. But we felt like, you know, the top schools in the ACC and, and really in the country were, were kind of at the 20, 20 couple thousand donor range. At that time, we were only at 9,000. 
Coach Beamer's number was 25, and uh, we wanted to have the most uh, donors in the league because that can lead to success. And I'm confident, I haven't seen anybody else's numbers, but I'm confident at just under 30,000 that we're now the strongest army uh, out there. So it's enabled us to do a lot of things and hire uh, more coaches and football, more analysts, um, you know, retain quality people, build some stuff. Uh, so there is strength in numbers. But, yeah, that was a big deal. I wasn't sure, you know, absolutely positive we could get there or it might take a little while. I was pleasantly surprised it took five years and our Hokie Club alumni advanced when everybody worked together. But that just shows you the strength of Hokie Nation. We have nearly 500 uh, or 250,000 living alumni. And I figure there's at least another quarter million uh, like me who didn't go to school here that love the Hokies too. So I think we have room to grow and if you're out there listening, you know, uh, jump in and be a part of the team behind the team. Now, here is the realignment conversation. Got a couple of questions okay. uh, regarding realignment. Um, one of the questions came in from Hokey Perfect, and I, I'm changing it a little bit here. Um, when you think of Virginia Tech, because it seems like everybody's main goal right now is to uh, put on their makeup, wear their best heels, like show up and be the most attractive that they could possibly be. So, what do you think Virginia Tech brings to the table in terms of a brand that when you talk about the future of college football, the future of college sports, Virginia Tech needs to be incorporated into that first group or that big group that is going to be going to see through this thing, basically? Yeah. And, you know, with all the speculation out there um, and a lot of rumors um, out there, when it comes to conference realignment, you're right. Your resume is kind of your your resume. Anybody that would be looking at Virginia Tech when we were coming into the ACC or other conferences that are looking at schools coming in, um, they're going to know you as good as you know you. But certainly at Virginia Tech, um, Virginia is, uh, I guess, the 11th to 13th most populated state. So there's a big market. Um, also in the top 10 states in, in football recruiting, right? You have lots of uh, markets there, but tech is the biggest university in the state, the most comprehensive, the most alumni, and is certainly um, the football champion of the state many years in a row. So um, all of that are TV ratings, uh, licensing numbers, um, on and on. Uh, tech stacks up uh, very well, but really the recipe um, to me is the same. You just make your athletic department as good as you can possibly make it. And if um, that's in the ACC, which hopefully that continues. I don't see any reason it won't, but you always have to be looking over your shoulder. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 before I go on anymore, I'll just keep it at that for right now. But um, Virginia Tech has a lot of value to offer, and that's why the ACC wanted us. Um, if it all goes crazy, then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll play that card then. But hopefully – it maintains in the ACC. We all stick together. We find a way to increase the revenue that comes in. So there isn't much of a gap uh, or as much of a gap between the big 12. I mean, the big 10 and the SEC, but you know, I can't imagine any college football playoff. That's not going to give Virginia tech, Miami, Florida state or Clemson a chance at the national championship. So you can still get where you want to go from here. It's really just about the one line item of television money. That's what's causing all of this realignment. So, and I appreciate that answer for sure. This last segment, uh, this is our last segment before rapid fire. Uh, and it's basically called doing my job. Look, you have a job. 
I have a couple of jobs. Pat's got a couple of jobs. Grace's got a couple of jobs. Yeah, so you ski and go to baseball games. They <laughs> do a couple and surf, don't you? Maybe something. a little bit, a little yeah. bit. So what we right. wanted to do is is to thank you. We wanted to ask you some of the questions that we know you get asked all the time, and you're probably okay. sick of answering. So why not ask you here? And then nobody's ever going to ask you these questions ever again. I can't okay. guarantee that, but hopefully right. that's what happens. So Pat, kick us off with questions. Uh, the doing my job section. Question number one. Um, <laughs> so the Nike deal, you know, the latest updates on our apparel contract uh, with Nike. And then, you know, as we look towards the next contract, what are some of the biggest goals that you foresee with Virginia Tech um, going oh. to the next contract? No, that's a good one. I get asked that one a lot. You're right. And I think I'll get asked that one again. Um, our deal runs out in 23. And so there should be some conversations with Nike this fall. Um, you know, Nike contracts are usually less than Under Armour Adidas contracts. Those two are buying market share. You know, Nike is the, the known number one. But absolutely, we need a deal that's more reflective of our success. I signed it maybe my first month in office. It was here. Um, uh, uh, it looked okay. But at that particular time, I didn't want to get in the way in coach Beamer's relationship, but in hindsight, you know, that probably could have been handled better by me nine years ago. So we'll work to get this one, right. What you don't want to do is actually pay for gear. That, that may sound silly, but with a Nike deal, you get some cash and you get gear, but if to outfit your teams, if that gear runs out, then you're just paying it out of your budget, right? So money's money. So a lot of people look at cash in those deals. That is important. But if you're getting X number of dollars in cash and you're spending more than that to, to buy the gear, um, you know, you're upside down. So that's a long way to say um, we're going to talk with Nike first. We have to contractually. And, um, yeah, we, we expect a, a more on par market deal for us. So um, we'd like to take care of our student athletes a little better. Nike does seem to have the best distribution on bookstores online and getting gear in fans hands. But, yeah, that one I get asked a lot. and. Um, no shortage of opinions on that, but we will do better and need to do better. Yes, sir. Excited to see what happens uh, with that deal. Um, number two here, this is kind of a long one, so bear with me. With the official announcement of some of the new off the field positions last week, by our count, since the pandemic started, we've tripled the amount of off the field personnel in the football program. So we have six analysts now, we have multiple people in creative media, four in operations, eight in recruiting football player engagement positions, and a social media coordinator specifically for football. We've built and finished out a new weight room. We have athlete dining facilities. We have an athletic dorm. We have a football players lounge. We're expanding the coaching salary pool. I know the locker room uh, is on the horizon as well. Now, looking back on all that tremendous growth and improvement, especially through a pandemic when a lot of other programs were having to cut back or pull back on their growth, First of all, we want to give props and say congratulations and, and thank you from all of Hokie Nation for all that you've done uh, in such a short period of time with all those efforts. Really want to get your perspective on where you think we stand relative to our peer institutions in the conference and nationally now and what you feel like is next to continue pushing the football program forward. Right. Yeah, that is a good long question. Um, let's see where to jump in on that one. Um, 
on, on the staffing, uh, I will say this, every school, you know, names people, different things. There's analysts, there's quality control. It's a little tough to compare apples to apples, but, um, we really took a lot of what Penn state had, um, and, and used that. And, and really James Franklin, Clemson, Alabama, you can name the others that truly have that recruiting machine. So we were able to model over that. It's not as big as Penn State's or as many, but quite frankly, Coach Pratt thought maybe they had too many people um, there. And so that was a big part of this. It goes back to the drive for 25. It takes money to fund positions, um, but to go all in in this new era of college football, um, I think it stacks up very well. Admittedly, I don't have all the data, um, but we're in a comfortable spot. I've not told Coach Pryor, no, uh, on any of them because he has a good, well thought out plan. It's not just number of bodies, and we'll probably add three to four more, and 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 should be pretty well set. So I don't know exact numbers, but uh, feel very good where we're positioned, and so does Coach. So um, that's good for me right now. Uh, I know we're coming up here at the uh, at the end of our time, so I have one yes or no question for you, and then Pat has one last question, and then we can we can let you go. Um, my question is: Back in 2014, Alabama's then athletic director Bill Battle banned the playing of Dixieland Delight. This was a tradition at Alabama that over the years developed some saucy language tendencies. Uh, if you don't know what it is, look it up. But it was brought back by Greg Bird in 2018. When Alabama brought it back, it was with the expectation that people would understand it is a great tradition, but can be ruined by a pocket or pockets of people. So my question to you is, do you see the tech drum riff of Stick It In having the potential <laughs> to make a return to Lane Stadium at some point? The people want to know. <laughs> I know they do. I get asked that one a lot, too. Um I'll answer it this way. When I first got here, Jim Weaver and Dr. Steger had made that decision. And I like and respect, respected um, uh, them very much. And that was something I wasn't going to change. Um, but coming to games here as a fan and then I, on the visiting sideline, I love the drum cadence. I think it's awesome. Um, it's something I'll probably chat with the president about. I don't know if you could change the the words to it. Um, it's just been a little bit of a sensitive topic and, and we've focused on winning games, but I do realize how important it is. And um, it, it certainly helped us beat North Carolina in that six overtime game. So we'll continue to talk about it. It's not just my um, uh, decision. I always want to be respectful there and we don't want to offend people, but man, I love the cadence. Um, we scored a lot more touchdowns when we played it. Um, so I get asked that one a lot. I'd never say never, but, uh, it's not quite at the top of my list right now. So we'll see. And then, um, I know you guys may have another question or two, but one last thing on conference realignment, because I know you guys get that all the time. It is really tough for an AD to answer that question. Meaning if you go out there and you say, Hey man, where we are, that's the one and only, and it is a great league. That's where we want to be. If you say that, people don't think you're looking to the future if there is Armageddon and another realignment. If you come in and go, oh, yeah, we're looking at all of that, even before it ever happens, then with the trust in your own league and your cohesion. And again, guys, if the ACC can get reopen this television contract, the funding is there, more of it there, that gap is not going to be such a big deal. So I don't know if there'll be a power four, maybe. Uh, but I don't see a power two anytime in the near term. And we as 
uh, Virginia Tech always want to be in tier one and the ACC has been a great spot for us and we want to help them improve. So it's just tough to come out each way. And I think you guys understand that. And maybe your listeners do too. You can't really answer the question um, without, you know, somebody not, not liking the answer. So thanks a lot. No doubt. Well, Mr. Babcock, I really appreciate your time. As always, I appreciate your leadership for the school that we love um, and looking for. I, I wouldn't trust anybody else to navigate us through. these. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yes. Well, thank you. I, I don't take that lightly. This is my school now. I even took a class here in history. It dang sure wasn't going to be in the STEM areas. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, but this is the longest place I've lived since high school. It's where I want to finish. And uh, man, I love it like you guys too. So we want to make you proud and we're going to really work hard at that. But, um, um, and I also remember you, Billy, your speed in the, uh, uh, khaki pants after a big win, I believe you referred to yourself as a cheetah and, um, that was a big win too. So I'd like to see you running across the field. Again, all right. <laughs> you enjoy the rest of your time and we will, uh, we will see you soon and we will be loud and excited here in a couple months. So take care. Thank you guys for your support. See you, Grayson. Bye, Pat. Thanks, Billy. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Whit. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all she said is, oh, I know what you're thinking.